This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to bring back Ryan Taylor as my very special guest this evening. Of course, Ryan is a sports reporter with the Daily Express, also reporting for the likes of the Daily Mirror and the Daily Star. Ryan, great to have you back. How are you? I'm all good. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for the, the call up. Feel always feels like a, a privilege to get the invite back, which sort of shows maybe hopefully I've done something right. Well, it's the international break, so of course we bring out the big guns. Um, <laughs> Ryan, it's great to have you on, but the only reason I've got you on is because, of course, there is this crisis at Tottenham Hotspur. I thought I'd be next talking to you in the summer, talking about transfers, but of course we are talking about the possible departure of Antonio Conte. Um, various reports in the last couple of days are expecting uh, the announcement of the departure of Conte this evening. Um, what? First of all, let's start with... The comments that he made in the press conference on Saturday, when you saw them, when you saw that press conference, what did you think? A few things, to be honest, Chris. Firstly, wow, was my my immediate reaction uh, because like probably yourself, I know you were probably at the game, but I was saw the quotes um, on Twitter from the likes of Dan Kilpatrick and, and Alistair Gold that were obviously in the press conference. I wasn't at the game. Um, I've just finished work actually for the day. But when I was sort of reading them coming through, you know, it very much felt like a bombshell press conference instantly. Um, you know, Conte has always been one, certainly in recent weeks when there's been a lot of speculation about his future. It's been very dull. It's been a, a kind of, I don't want to say negative environment, but the, the place around Tottenham has not been a great amount of energy and enthusiasm. It's been a lot of 
negativity in a way because of the the manner of the exits in the cup competitions with the uh, the nil nil draw of Milan, which of course confirmed the Champions League exit. And you know, it all felt like it got to this moment and it, it just blew up. Um, obviously, you know, at the point of three one in the game, Spurs very much you you expected them to see see that out. But at the same time, you know, once it went three two, you, you weren't too surprised to see Southampton equalise, but I think it just reached boiling point. And, and like I said, yeah, my immediate reaction was, was shock, but also intrigue. You know, I was really kind of taken aback to see some of the comments. But when I actually watched it, I was trying to piece together, you know, what Conte was actually trying to say. Because, you know, his messages were very passionate, but there's been a little bit of sort of uh, confusion as to who he was actually trying to get his message across to. Because he appeared to slate, Daniel Levy and the mentality of his players and, you know, generally the club, the fact that there's, you know, been a long time since they last won a trophy. He said, I think for the last 20 years, this is the the mentality of or the reality of Tottenham, which appeared to be, you know, a, a pretty obvious swipe at the club in general when his employers, the guys who pay their wages, his wages. So I was very much trying to piece together exactly the message he was trying to get across. And then, of course, the follow-up was, um, you know, reports suggesting that Conte has clarified his comments to the board and that he wasn't taking aim at, at the hierarchy. And, you know, I kind of perceived it differently. Obviously, Conte is probably trying to diffuse the situation naturally because he's spoken in the heat of the moment. But, yeah, that that was kind of my immediate reaction and, and has been to, to that rant since it happened on Saturday is trying to actually understand who he was directing his frustration towards. Ryan, do you think that Conte wants to stay on at Spurs and keep his job? I don't, to be honest. Um, I think he would be prepared to see out his contract until the end of the season. Whether or not that happens is a different question altogether. Um, He said a couple of weeks ago that he was prepared to die for Tottenham before his contract expired at the end of June. And I was at the Forest game, um, which you will know because you saw me, but I didn't see you. Um, Apologies for that. But that day, it felt like a different feeling around Tottenham. Obviously, it was just a few days after the Milan exit. But I thought Spurs were good that day. I didn't think Forest were very good, but I still thought Spurs were generally performed really well and showed the right attitude. And I was watching Conte throughout the game, and he was kicking every ball on the touchline. He was going berserk at the ref. He was applauding Richarlison's assist for Son. He was kicking every ball. And to me, I left that day thinking Conte is committed till the end of the season. And actually... After that win and Liverpool lost at Bournemouth, I thought, hang on, if Conte gets back-to-back top four finishes, I know he hasn't won a trophy, but actually, you know, he's had a pretty good tenure at Spurs. You can't really discredit his work. And then, of course, in typical Tottenham style, it all fell apart at St Mary's, although, you know, I still think top four is very much achievable for Tottenham. But it's more about, the story is more about the mood and the the general feeling around the club. There's a lot of... um, I said negativity. I don't really think that's the right word. It's probably more hostility because in the dressing room, you've got players that are allegedly split on whether Conte should continue. Um, And you've also got a situation where you don't really know whether the manager wants to be there. And I'll, I'll give you a little bit of insight into something that happened after the Spurs game. So I went to the mix zone to speak to players uh, to try and get a word with a a Spurs player. And there was a group of us talking to Son and, uh, one of my colleagues asked him whether the players were still on side with Son. And um, 
sorry, on side with Conte, like, does he still have the dressing room sort of thing? And Son sort of paused and looked at the journalists, like, as if to say, really? Which to me, I kind of took that as, you know, everyone's still on board with Conte. They just had a good win, 3-1. There was kind of a misunderstanding amongst us whether he didn't hear the question properly or whether he actually took offence to it. But I kind of perceived it as he he took offence to, um, you know, the fact there was question over whether the players were still committed to to Conte's reign. And I found that quite interesting. But obviously now, fast forward sort of 10 days or so, and it's a completely different dynamic where from what we understand, the players are, you know, have literally, a few of them have lost faith in Conte because they feel like they've been thrown under the bus with that explosive run. Ryan, a number of Spurs fans, pretty much the whole fan base, I think, agreed with comments that Antonio Conte made. Um, do you think he would have breached his contract by making those comments in that press conference? No, I don't think so. I don't think it was quite that far-fetched. It was obviously, it was an explosive run. It was one where he didn't hold back. And, you know, he certainly made a few comments that potentially crossed the line, particularly, as I said, that, you know, Tottenham are his employers. And although whether he doesn't agree with some of the decisions that have been made upstairs, I still think there's an element of um, dignity that must be sort of uh, preserved in that situation, particularly given uh, an important point I want to make is, you know, Conte does deserve a lot of the blame for how things have unfolded at Tottenham in the past few weeks. Um, I know he has had the struggles with his health, which I totally sympathise with him. You know, it's not been easy at all. And he's put a lot of pressure on himself to get back involved maybe a bit too quickly when he should have had a bit more time to recover. But actually, some of the team selections, particularly the one at Sheffield United, I mean, you've told me before, Chris, how much the FA Cup, winning the FA Cup would mean to you. I thought that team selection was borderline insulting against Sheffield United. I mean, on paper, it should still be enough to get the job done. But why does it have to be a risk? Why can't it be Spurs are going all out for the FA Cup? They're playing their full-strength team. Um, I really feel like Tottenham should have given that game 100% effort because then they can be in no doubt that they gave their all. And every time Spurs go out of these competitions, it really feels like they don't give their 100% commitment to to achieving that. And to be honest, you know, I think Spurs were at the time a little bit more comfortable in the, the top four race than maybe their team selection suggested. So... I don't think Conte should should be, well, he's not immune from the blame, but, you know, I do feel like he's been the architect of his own downfall to some extent. I know, you know, upstairs, it's the same old problems at Tottenham that have happened under Pochettino, Mourinho, and even before those guys. So it's a difficult situation where there's a combination of factors. But, yeah, that's my overriding feeling that that Conte really, he hasn't led the team in, in the best way in the past few weeks or so. I think this is the worry at the moment amongst the Spurs fan base is the fact that we don't know what direction we're going in again. Um, and, and you know, we haven't had a, a manager, um, you know, throughout the whole of the season since the 2018-2019 season when, of course, Pochettino was there. It's been changes after changes after changes. Um, Ryan, what do you make of the um, the comments of the players in the last couple of days while whilst on international duty? Because none of them seem to come out and say... Um, you know, Conte was right in what he said and, you know, we must do better. It's more them defending themselves. Yeah, um, I've 
I've only seen Hoiberg, Emerson Royale and Kulusevski, which to my knowledge are the only real ones out there. I might be wrong, I might have missed one, but I thought Hoibergs were the, the most telling really. Um quite a lot's been made on, on the Hoiberg comments already, which is I think he said he needs to be more precise in in yeah. exactly, you know, what he's demanding from the squad. And also I think he's pointing towards the the confusion in communication. I think there's a real lack of, you know, an open environment where Conte's happy to to hang these players out to dry in public, but actually, you know, is the same are the same messages being relayed behind closed doors where, you know, probably things should be dealt with internally. Um, from what I understand, Conte didn't speak to the players after the the draw with Southampton, but that's not unusual because a lot of top level managers, including Jurgen Klopp, prefer to do their their debriefs when it's not in the heat of the moment when they've got a clear head to actually analyse what's just happened. Um, but at the same time, I think it doesn't send the greatest of messages to go straight into the press conference and open fire on, you know, these players. And to be honest, what I'd say about the situation as well is I don't think, I can't recall one game where I don't feel like Tottenham have given their, their all. I know there's the Sheffield United game, but in terms of the attitude, I don't think you can question the work rate and the effort is just sometimes they haven't been good enough. For example, for instance, the only the only exception maybe is the the Milan Champions League game. But was that down to the players or was that also you know how they were set up? I feel like they should have given that a go. But in the Premier League, I think the games where they've had negative results, I feel like it's just been a case of the performance wasn't good enough as opposed to the players not giving their all. Um, you might disagree with me because obviously you've been to a lot of the games, but that's how I've perceived it. I don't think Spurs have given up in, in any aspect. I just think they haven't been good enough. Ryan, I have been completely behind Antonio Conte 100% uh, throughout the whole of his time here. And I really thought he would be successful, uh, as we've spoken in the past about that. Um, the Sheffield United game, as you mentioned, and the AC Milan game, um, I think were the turning points for me. In the fact that the team lineup against Sheffield United, the performance there, going out of the FA Cup, um, you know what? A, what an opportunity for Spurs to to try and win this competition this year. Bearing in mind we haven't won a trophy in 15 years, and bearing in mind we haven't won the FA Cup since 1991, and then the lack of urgency in the AC Milan game in that second leg, and then of course. Uh, I think a lot of fans turned when Davinson Sanchez was coming on in the dying mm. seconds when we needed a goal. Um, there yeah. was just no urgency. Um, and I think I think Conte probably lost a lot of respect, um, if I'm honest, um, you know, that yeah. evening going out of two cup competitions um, in quick succession. Um, what do you make of Harry Kane not doing the England press conference this evening? Because Declan Rice is going to be doing it. Normally, the captain does it with the England manager, Gareth Southgate. Um is this because he doesn't want to answer questions about Antonio Conte? From what I understand, yes. Um, it was something that was sort of came to light um, to my attention earlier this afternoon. As you mentioned, the captain does the, the press conference, but I think it's probably a smart move really from the FA because even though Harry Kane will probably, you know, handle the questions expertly, it's quite clear that you know, journalists like myself would probably do some digging to try and find out, you know, what's not yeah. only going on at Tottenham, but whether he's still, you know, whether he still expects Conte to be there when he returns from international duty. So I think it's probably a smart move from, from the FA, but 
Um, you know, probably from Harry's perspective as well, he probably doesn't want to answer questions on Conte at the moment because he's on international duty. And actually, given what he's probably just endured over the course of the weekend, he's probably quite enjoying the fact he can put Tottenham to one side for a minute and actually have a bit of a, a break from from the situation. So, yeah, that that's my perception of the um, the Declan Rice press conference. What do you think is going through the head of Harry Kane right now, Ryan? Because, of course, he goes into the last year of his contract um, in the summer. Um, do you think that he will leave Spurs this summer? Because he's always said if, if, if he doesn't feel the club is going in the right direction, then he would look to leave. And we're clearly not, sadly. Yeah, um, to be honest, I think if you'd asked me this question three or four months ago, I would lean more towards Kane going. But I still feel like he will probably stay. Um, I feel like the Manchester City move has obviously been and gone. I feel like the time he tried to move in the summer of 2021 would have been a, a good time to move um, just off the back of the Euros. And obviously Spurs were going through a little bit of turmoil. Um, at the same time, that's not to say he won't be frustrated with what's happening. Um, I do think he'll wait to see which manager comes in. If Pochettino comes in, I think Kane would be absolutely happy to stay. It's obviously no secret that he's got a fantastic relationship with um, Pochettino, but at the same time, had a great relationship with Mourinho as well as Conte, which I think is a sign of a, a top-class player, really, and the top-class attitude from Kane. Um, I do feel like he's a family man. The only way I could maybe see his head being turned is if Spurs finish outside of the Champions League and the appointment is is not what he would consider to be you know, the right one, I think Pochettino would probably top his shortlist, but I think Thomas Tuchel as well would probably be a good move as well from Spurs if that was to happen. Um, obviously, there is some sort of long-term different managers um, that have been floated, the likes of Roberto De Zerbi, that kind of profile, um, which, you know, may not be too inspiring for Kane, but actually it might be a chance to um, to evolve his game and continue. I think, you know, Someone like Deserby, you only have to look at what he's done with Brighton, really. And I know it's not a popular choice, probably amongst Spurs supporters, but actually they've had three top-level managers and achieved nothing. So actually, you know, it might be time to um, to rip things up and try and start afresh with a longer-term vision. But whether that will satisfy Kane is a another question altogether. The other key point to make really is just the price. You know, are Manchester United, for instance, prepared to pay over 100 million for? A player who's at 29, I still think he's got at least five seasons left at the top level because his game isn't dependent on pace. But, you know, are United prepared to pay that when someone like Victor Osserman's may be available as well? So there's a lot of factors. And also, is Daniel Levy prepared to play hardball or would he actually reduce his price tag to something a little bit more realistic, something about 100 million? You know, before we've seen it at about 120 million, which I think is a little bit of a push. So there are, there are a lot of factors, but I, I still very much expect Kane to stay. I'd probably say 70% chance of him staying and 30% going, maybe even um, maybe even a bit less than that, but we'll have to see. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Ryan, going back to Antonio Conte, um, I saw pictures online earlier of Daniel Levy leaving Hotspur Way today. Um, and we understand that Antonio Conte is still in Italy. Is this fairly normal uh, that Ryan Mason is taking training or is this because a decision will be made very, very soon? Because various reports, you know, masses of reports. Sky Sports last night expected that um, a decision will be made this evening. Um, what do you know and what do you think is going to happen with Conte? Do you think he will be going tonight or in the very, very near future? I can't put a time frame on it, I'm afraid, Chris, because at the moment it is very much um, being kept within the club. Um, but what we do know is Conte is expected to be sacked. Um, that decision has been made in the past few days. Um, but there is a formal process that will need to happen before that can actually be formally announced. Um, as you mentioned, Conte is still in Italy uh, when, you know, Professionally, this is a, a situation that needs to be handled in person, really. Um, I know Conte's had a, like I said earlier in the um, the video call, that there's, he's had to deal with a lot of personal stuff, um, you know, this yeah. season, particularly with his health and, and also his family. So um, I don't think him going back to Italy is a, a clear-cut um, indicator that he's going to be dismissed. I think that was probably always planned because the majority of Tottenham's players are away on international duty. However, um, you know, the fact Ryan Mason is taking training at the moment is probably a, a little bit of significance. Um, it might be an indicator that, you know, Mason is going to be the man that's inheriting this squad if if um, Conte is dismissed, because we're being realistic. I think it's quite unlikely, to be honest with you, that Spurs push ahead with a permanent managerial appointment instantly, because a lot of the potential candidates are still in current roles. I think they want to do a thorough process um, because it needs to be the right appointment. I know we've said that so many times with Tottenham, but it cannot be um, it cannot be a knee-jerk appointment that's that sort of someone out, someone in instantly, unless you know Tottenham are already set on appointing Pochettino, which I don't think it's quite that straightforward. So I'm expecting to. Um, have some indication and, and clarity or, or maybe even a statement from Tottenham Tottenham by the end of the week. Um, obviously, the players are still away on international duty. So I do think that is probably playing a factor at the moment. It gives Tottenham a little bit of time because the players are not going to report back to Hotspur Way until next Thursday. I'm not quite sure exactly. But um, yeah, there's obviously a lot of stuff that needs to be resolved, not least the payoff, which I believe is in the region of four million pounds there's also the coaching staff that would need to be yeah. replaced and others would have to step up into first team roles uh, on an interim and, and caretaker basis so that's my understanding of the situation I don't know anything about tonight if that was to happen it wouldn't surprise me but I cannot provide any indications from my own information that that's going to happen Ryan, just short of two years ago, um, we've been here before. Of course, Jose Mourinho was sacked six days before the League Cup final against Manchester City. Ryan Mason took over until uh, to the rest of the season. And then we've got um, a Europa Conference League spot. Um, is this the right thing to do? Is this the right thing to do in sacking Antonio Conte, bringing in Ryan Mason until the end of the season? And then in the summer, what do Tottenham do next? Project manager... Or serial winner? Because the serial winners, proven winners, Jose Mourinho, Antonio Conte, I can't believe, quite frankly, as a Spurs fan, 
that we have gone through two serial winning managers who have won trophies everywhere they have gone and they mm -hmm. have both fouled at Tottenham. What do Tottenham need to do differently next time? Because we certainly do not want to be waiting 72 days to appoint a manager again. No, you're absolutely right. I think um, the reason this is slightly different, Chris, is because I feel like um, this is a case of Conte's position becoming untenable, not on a results basis, but because of the, the toxicity around the club. Um, you know, the situation that's unfolded since that that game on Saturday against Southampton, um, I feel like Tottenham have been pretty much left with no other position to basically remove Conte because there's a lot of bad feeling, like I said, around the club at the moment. And it is threatening to potentially spoil Spurs' season when actually top four is still very much attainable. Um, I know Ryan Mason is well liked amongst the players. He's highly thought of. Within Tottenham, I feel like it would be um, one that supporters could get behind. But at the same time, like you said, the key key point that waiting until the end of the season does not necessarily guarantee Tottenham are going to make the right appointment. So I think Spurs need to hurry up and decide what they want to do quickly. If Pochettino is the man to come back, which I thought was a formality about two weeks ago, but I'm now starting to wonder whether Spurs go in a different direction, which would surprise me to an extent. If Pochettino is the man they want to bring in, they should do it immediately, in my opinion, because he's going yeah. to come in the summer anyway. It gives him a chance to work with the players and decide who he wants to keep and move forward with. But also, I feel like Pochettino would really lift the place at the moment. You know, I know some Spurs supporters aren't overly sold on him, but what we can guarantee is that he loves the club and that will give his all. There's a feel-good factor and almost... Um, an aura about Pochettino at Tottenham is quite, you know, he's a classy manager. He's got the history with Tottenham. He feels like he's got unfinished business and he wants to finish what he started. So it would bring excitement for the latter part of the season. But going back to the second part of your question, do Spurs bring in a serial winner or a project manager? I feel like the project is the more sustainable route now. And you know, some fans may not agree with that, and I totally respect that. But for me, Tottenham, yep. the best Tottenham teams of my lifetime have been the Tottenham teams that are on the up and have a chance of, of winning a trophy. They're not the um, the Tottenham that, they're not a team that are expected to deliver. It's kind of an underdog feeling that actually what they assemble with something with, with great spirit, talented players, you know, top players, the likes of Bale, Van der Vaar, uh, over, over the years, Kane. Even, you know, Son in, in the start of Pochettino's era. I think they're the players that need to be built around now and the rest needs to be put in place. Um, I mentioned De Zerbi, um earlier in the call. I can't talk highly enough of, of Roberto De Zerbi. A lot of people think he's just come in and carried on what Graham Potter did at Brighton. But actually, he's taken them to a new level. And, and from, from conversations I've had and people I've spoke to, this guy is going to be a serious, serious manager that, his style of football could have a huge influence on style of plays for the next 10 years because he, his football is that good. Um, Brighton have cut apart a lot of teams this season. I went to watch the... Well, I was working at the Liverpool game in January and, and honestly, Chris, the, the football, it was like knife through butter. It was so good and devastating. I feel like Tottenham could really get behind an appointment like that with a, a clear style of play. And then the off-field stuff needs to be fixed, the, the structure, the... The Fabio Paratici situation is uncomfortable, really. I don't really think he's been a success, if I'm being totally honest. 
Um, a lot of the signings he's brought in haven't really lived up to expectations. And I put a tweet out a couple of weeks ago, and it, it wasn't really popular, but I said uh, Tottenham need to look at mirroring, mirroring, sorry, what the likes of Brentford and and Brighton do in the transfer market. I, I know that sounds crazy because they haven't won trophies, and Tottenham wants to win trophies. But if you look at the clear pathway that their youth players have got to get into the side, and also mm. the recruitment and scouting models. Um, Tottenham can pick up these gems that they are now bidding for from the likes of Brentford and Brighton, paying big money for 50 million. They can get them for smaller fees and there's talented players out there, but Spurs are a club that have had a shambolic recruitment record, really. And you only have to look at Brighton and Brentford's you know, squads, the likes of McAllister, Caicedo, Ivan Tony. Um, I really feel like that's an area where Spurs need to get right because they're wasting a lot of cash. They're wasting a lot of time and, and some of these big clubs are getting too far away from them. Ryan, we talk about the summer. Um, if Conte obviously goes uh, and then Spurs have to bring in a new manager in the summer, we've then got the problem with Fabio Prasci, as you've rightly said, uh, whether he will be at the club or not and whether Daniel Levy will then take over uh, appointing a new manager rather than Fabio doing it. Then, of course, we've got the Harry Kane situation uh, to sort out. And we've also got all of these players coming back from their respective loan spell. Tongion Dombele, Giovanni Lo Celso, Joe Roden, the list, uh, Sergio Reglon, the list is absolutely endless of players coming back. This, again, um, is a huge, huge summer, isn't it? They've got to get it right this time. They do, Chris, but I think what supporters have to understand is it's a process. It's not, it's not something that can just be fixed in one window, you know, however... Change, however many changes there are. Um, again, I don't like to bring them up on your show, but you have to look at Arsenal. You know, it's not been a, an overnight change. Arteta had a really difficult time at the beginning. Um, but over the course of three or four transfer windows, you can see he's gelled it all together. And the same applied to, to Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool. It wasn't a quick fix. It, it took time. Um, but obviously, Spurs need to start getting the ball rolling, really, because they are a little bit far away but you only have to look at United last summer you know that was a very strong transfer window and all of a sudden you know United were a team that were fifth or sixth and we said oh they're five six seven players away from being with Liverpool and City but actually look how quickly they've closed that gap and um, you know it's Arsenal now at the top we've got United in third who I know have had a few wobbles but they look pretty strong and there's a key base there so it's just about recruitment it's about the manager the style of play uh, which players you build your team around. I mean, one problem, Chris, we haven't mentioned, but for me, when I, if someone says to me, what, what's gone wrong at Spurs? When I still see Eric Dyer as a regular starter, um, yeah. and I don't mean this disrespectfully, because Ben Davis has been part of many good Tottenham teams, but the fact Ben Davis and, and Eric Dyer still starting on a weekly basis, playing almost three games a week at times, it's yeah. just absolutely mind-blowing. That they're, they're not at the required level to be starters for a top-level team. They might still be good enough to squad players, but these players have been around the club ages now. We know what they do. It was the same at, at you know, the likes of United. You had, like, the Lindelofs of this world, and immediately Martinez has come in, and, and you can see the difference. So, so that would be the challenge, really, for Tottenham, just actually ripping up this team and building from scratch and building around Kane, I know Son's not hugely popular at the moment. I know he's, he's adored by Tottenham fans, but he seems to have dipped. You need to determine which players are there 
to stay and to build around and which players are, you know, going to be moved on because it some difficult decisions need to be made now. Made now, sorry. Brian, just want to go back on the Pochettino point. Um, Danny Rose, of course, former left-back with Tottenham, said that he doesn't think that uh, Pochettino will come back because it's it will be like Tottenham's way of saying we got it wrong in 2019. Do you think there's any truth in this? How confident would you be uh, of a Pochettino return? Do you think he wants to come back? I do, yeah. I feel like, as we said, Pochettino is very much... Um, he feels like he's got unfinished business uh, at Spurs. You know, even when he was sacked at the time, I really felt like um, I really felt like it wasn't quite the right moment to end. I know it was a really difficult start to the 2019-20 season, but um, I loved Pochettino at Tottenham. I always felt like they were on the verge of something special. I know he never quite achieved that, but he would certainly bring that that good feel factor around. And to be honest, his stock's fallen quite quite greatly since he lost the. Um, uh, since he was dismissed at PSG last summer. People talk about Real Madrid could be in for Pochettino. I don't see that myself. Um, I know he is one of the names that would probably be naturally under consideration, but I don't feel Pochettino is as high in demand as he once was. And you only have to look at the United job last summer. You know, you felt like Pochettino was destined to manage United. Never happened. And I don't think there was any real desire for United to appoint him. Um, and Tottenham's his club, you know, we... We we remember Pochettino as a player, but you know he made a name for himself really during his managerial time at Spurs. He loves the club. I do think he's a great fit for Tottenham. I think he's respected and and adored by supporters. Some of the players that he brought through, not brought through, but you know really elevated to the next level, young English players, Deli Ali, Harry Kane. You know those Tottenham teams. I will look back on with fond memories, even though I don't support Tottenham. It was really good to watch. It was refreshing. You couldn't help but admire what was going on. And I just think fans will hope for that to be restored. I know, um, you know, passionate supporters like yourself, Chris, really want to see trophies. But I think yeah. at the moment that the key needs to be find it, a, well, building a, a team that supporters can be proud of. And they, they turn up every Saturday looking forward to watching Tottenham and, I don't think that's been the case for Antonio Conte's robotic side. It's very dull. There's no personality. And Pochettino's Spurs team is full of personality. And I think that's what fans would should look forward to if he does return. You're absolutely right. Um, last question for Ryan. And, and just on that point, um, you know, supporters want to feel proud. And I think a lot of people are very frustrated at the moment. Um, last question for you. Um, who do you think will be in charge for the Everton game? Of course, we play them uh, Monday week, our next Premier League game. Um, where do you think Spurs will finish in the Premier League? And who will be the manager at the start of next season? Just some predictions. Yeah, uh, good questions. I think... Well, on the basis of, of what we know, I do expect Ryan Mason to be in charge. Um, I do feel like it's reached a point now that even if Conte was to stay, he probably feels slightly disrespected in the fact some of the things he's read in the media in the past few days, such as dressing room leaks that players don't want him there. Also, that the club are looking to remove him. So I think he'd be quite happy to go now. It's reached that point where it's become a little bit um, uncomfortable for all parties. Um, the second question was about the top four. So um, it's hard because in the Premier League, in the, even the relegation dogfight, it, it seems to change every week. I don't think Tottenham will get there, unfortunately. And 
That's not to say that I think uh, I can categorically tell you who will finish above them. I just feel like Tottenham, even if Mason comes in, I just I feel like Tottenham are capable of um, losing a few games and, and dropping points. They they don't strike me as a team that can win four on the bounce, which is probably yeah. what's required at the moment. I know Newcastle and Liverpool can't do that either, um, but I still feel like both of those sides will finish stronger than what they've shown in recent weeks. And lastly, I mean, as I said, two weeks ago, I was absolutely adamant. I put my house on Pochettino returning. Um, but now I'm not so sure. I feel like it needs to be right. So I do feel like they were examining all um, opportunities. So my, my main prediction is Pochettino. But if I was to say a wild card option, um, I would maybe say Spurs may look at Deserby, if, if, particularly if Brighton finish... Um, you know, outside the top four, which is probably likely. Um, I do feel like he could maybe be prized away from Brighton, providing they paid his, his release clause, which I believe is around about 11.5 million. Yeah. Well, time will tell, Ryan. I tell you what, I can't believe that we are talking about new managers yet again at Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. It's been a pleasure having you back. Thanks so much for your time this evening. Um, no and tell everyone where they can find your wonderful work, Ryan. I don't know about wonderful, Chris, but they can find my work. Um, my, my Twitter account is at Ryan Taylor Sport. Um, and the majority of my articles I post online now. I've also got a Facebook page, which is at Ryan Taylor Sport. I'm on Instagram as well, but I'm still sort of getting up to speed with that account. It's at Ryan Taylor Express. And you may find some of my articles in the Mirror Express and, and Star print titles as well. But um, yeah, that's pretty much all from me. And in the, the summer, um, there'll be a lot of transfer-related content. And I'm sure, hopefully, I might get an invite back on here. So I'm sure fans will maybe see a bit more of me, hopefully. Absolutely. It'll be a pleasure having you back again very, very soon. Ryan, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for watching, no everyone. Problem. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you on the next one. Until then, come on, you Spurs. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.